Corpo MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hello, everybody. How's it going? My name is Chris Kiefer. Thank you for downloading this episode, and thank you for subscribing to the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. I appreciate you guys being here. We have a lot to talk about. This show is all about the 50 hours that I have put on the 2020.5 KTM 450 Factory Edition. Holy hell. It has been a lot of hours in a short amount of time. I've been riding this bike a lot. We're going to go through the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that I've experienced in this 50 hours. And there are a couple things that are different from last year's KTM that I that I have experienced. So we're going to go over that. But first things first, RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. Holy hell, it's easy to see why all you guys out there are shopping. And thank you for visiting KieferInkTesting.com and clicking on the Rocky Mountain banner. That helps us out a lot. It lets them know you're listening to this show. And man, it really keeps this sucker up and moving and running smoothly. So thank you for everyone that is using that widget on my site. I'm looking at it weekly, and it's working Rocky Mountain is stocking a whole lot of parts, and they're shipping it out. This COVID crisis is kind of slowing down shipping right now, but they are nonetheless shipping out orders. So make sure you check out RockyMountainATVMC.com. And if you guys are interested, they have a YouTube channel. I've done some tips, some videos, and uh, all kinds of little tricks that maybe you guys don't know about. So go visit their YouTube channel. And then uh, just search my name and they'll pop up. So, as always, fly racing. Holy hell. Almost 2021 gear time. I can't wait. I think I'm going to get a little reveal sometime late June, July. Can't wait on that. That is going to be great. If you guys haven't checked out flyracing.com, do yourself a favor and do it. They have great gear. I love it. I wear a shit ton of gear. That's right. A shit ton. Different brands, different companies, different styles. And Fly Racing is one of the best. Man, it is good stuff. So go check out the Light Hydrogen line. That is my fave. And if you guys want to have a little bit more ventilation, kinetic mesh, lots of cool colors. Damon Bradshaw wears it. None other than the Beast from the East. So go check them out, flyracing.com. Thank you guys over there. And, of course, Racetech. We're going to talk about those guys a little bit in this podcast as well. Chris Riesenberg and the fellas over there. Race Tech Suspension. Some of the better stuff that I have ever tried on a Honda Sierra 450R as well as a KTM KTM 450SXF. If you guys aren't fond of that AER, they do have a spring conversion. You can go check that out. We'll discuss that a little bit here in this episode. But hey, email me chris at keyforinktesting.com and I will get you in touch with Chris over there at Race Tech. Get you guys a discount. 
will get your stuff revalved or your suspension fluids changed or even your engine work done. They do a lot of work over there. Even if you have a vintage bike, they have it. Go check them out. Looking forward to riding Jerry Robbins FC250 that Racetech has done up in the engine world. I want to try that sucker maybe hopefully this week before they go to Utah. But if not, maybe after he's done and get you guys some feedback on that Husqvarna FC250, go visit them, racetech.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and uh, get you guys a discount. All right, so today we're here. We're back. It's some, It's what I call my hangover day. It's the day after the Pulp MX show. As you guys know, it's a long show. It's a long show. I drive there. I do the show, and I drive home. So I get home kind of late. Usually on Tuesdays, I go testing. I didn't have some testing today. It got canceled. So I'm recording the show, and guess what? Before I leave for Colorado, I'm going to leave for two weeks. I'm not going to do a show for two weeks. So hopefully you guys are cool with some archives and whatever pops up on keyforinktesting.com. But it's going to be a little hiatus in these shows. I need to go a little, um, need to ride somewhere different, just different dirt. Getting burned down on the tracks here. I got some stuff to test, so I'm heading to Colorado. So this last episode before the break is all about the KTM 450 SXF Factory Edition, like I mentioned earlier. And 50 hours basically living with that sucker. Aiden and I have been riding three to four days a week together. Sometimes more because he's been uh, here at home doing his schoolwork. So I've been having him tag along with me on these tests that I do. And most of the time lately, I've been putting the time on the orange machine. Why? I'm just going to be straight up honest with you guys. I really enjoy that bike. I think it feels light. It's fun. It helps me um, bring back a little bit of fun into my riding. As you guys know, I ride a lot. So when I find something that I really like about a bike and it makes me smile and it makes me want to ride it, man, I am all about it. Like I go full bore. I guess that's what I can describe if you're an addict to something and you taste it and you just want it all the time. Food, you know, if... uh, You get a little bit of a taste, and you're like, man, I want to eat that every day. It's kind of what I'm like with dirt bikes when I find something that I really like. But the thing is about testing, it's just more than riding it a couple days, giving you guys some feedback, and being like, yeah, man, this stuff is really good. I love this bike. It does all these things great. But what about the durability of the machine? That is one huge testing uh, segment that maybe we, as media... And I guess I'm guilty of it as well sometimes, maybe when I was that dirt rider, of not really doing a whole hell of a lot with the longevity of a motorcycle. So when I got keyforinktesting.com, I wanted to have these updates. Even if it's overkill at times, I wanted you guys to know the step-by-step process on what we're doing to these bikes, how long, what's the time frame, what parts we're going through. So this is kind of like... What I call the 50-hour mark. You guys seen these on my website. I will probably not have this bike much longer because the 2021 KTMs will be out, I would say, within about 30 to 45 days for us media to hammer down. I don't expect it to be much different, if at all, compared to this factory edition. So, look it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, try to buy a bike, I try to buy a bike every year. This KTM makes me want to go buy a factory edition. So if you guys are looking for a KTM, you know you have some advertisers in here that really help Kiefer Inc. testing listeners on great deals. So if you're looking for a KTM, 
email me. I'll get you in contact with someone, and uh, we'll get you a deal on an orange machine. But it makes me want to go buy one myself. I have bought a Rockstar Edition. I recently bought a Yamaha YZ450F. And now I feel like I want to have a KTM 450SXF Factory Edition in my garage because I'm having a great time on it. And from what I've heard, people that watched me ride, they think that I ride better on a KTM than I do a Yamaha. For me, that's debatable. But I've been getting a lot of that lately when people watching me ride. They're like, you're not as stiff. You move around more on the bike. Your cornering is better. And there's several reasons for that that we'll go over here today in this podcast. So there, there's also a reason why Chad Reed is riding a KTM. Not because maybe Mountain Motorsports' his sponsor carries them, but maybe because he truly does find it better to uh, a better fit for him to ride. And a lot of people are finding us out the hard way when they're orange haters, so to speak. There's a lot of those out there. Um, I wasn't one of those, you know, the last four or five years. I was way back in the day, 10 years ago, when KTMs to me were pieces of crap. They've come a long way as a company and as a bike and as a manufacturer. They have a, a lot of great things to offer the consumer. So as I go over this 50 hours, we're going to break down the mods that I've done, the things that I've broke and experienced and also a little bit about the history of exactly what my plan is to do in the future with this motorcycle. So breaking it all down, I just have over 50.2 hours on the machine. Again, here's are the things. I'm going to tell you some things about what has been a little bit of a problem. So we'll rip down those first. So I will say there hasn't been a lot of those problems that have arose with this machine. Usually, in 50 hours, besides a Yamaha, I've had some trouble with Honda reliability, the clutch, going through plates, um, some flame-out issues. Suzuki, obviously, is hard to get 50 hours on comfortably. We're going to do a 50 hours on that here pretty soon. But, man, I have basically been doing oil filters, air filters, and oil changes and riding the shit out of this bike couple of things that have broke down. Now, when I say break down, I mean just get soft, okay? And that is the seat foam. One of those things is the seat foam, and the motor mounts end up backing out a little bit. So when I talk about, and I really hope I say this right, the Sella Della Valle, the seat that comes on the factory edition. Excuse my Italian. I do not know that word very good. It probably sounds very white and very American. I apologize to the Italians out there. But that seat is great, and although it grips your ass when you're riding, it does the foam does break down. And yes, I do take the seat off when I wash the machine, but my theory is behind this is as I hang out in the pits when I'm riding, the sun beats down on that foam in the seat, and not only does it fade the blue out of it, but it also breaks down the foam. It gets it soft. It gets it warm. You know, kind of like a chocolate chip cookie sitting out in the sun. It just ends up breaking down and melting. I think this is what's happening over time with this seat foam. So I went and got a different foam. I ended up getting the same seat. And I also got one of those, if you guys remember, on KieferInkTesting.com, the seat concepts, complete seat. You can read the review over there. But seat concepts has done a great job of supplying foam. That's a little bit different densities. They have a different style of foam. It doesn't feel the same to your ass. 
It's a little bit more, uh, it has a softer feel, like comfort, but it doesn't break down as much. I had to go to a little firmer foam with the seat concepts, guys, but nonetheless, the foam itself doesn't break down near as much as the standard factory edition seat. So that is something that you guys can look into. I ran into that problem about 32 hours. So around 30 to 40 hours, you're going to feel your seat being soft. And what does that mean to you? For me, when I have a soft seat, it's super annoying because <laughs> I go through acceleration bumps or I have these, these ruts that are rough, and it almost feels like I'm hitting the, the subframe a little bit, and it's not as comfortable, so I'm blowing through the foam. So it gives me actually a harsher feel to the bike. When you have a new foam, it really helps the feel of the motorcycle and actually feel a little bit more solid. So look into that, feel your foam, sit on it. If you're riding and it feels a little bit soft, look into seat concepts. I haven't used them until now, and I really like their stuff. Obviously, Andy over at Gre uh, Greg over at An uh, God Andy. His name's Andy Greg. <laughs> Guts Racing, Andy over there. They do good stuff as well. But lately, I've been on the seat concepts seat. And they do sell complete seats, so it's a very good system over there they have. Right now, they're about two weeks out from shipping, so just know that. Uh, with the motor mounts, guys, you're going to have to keep blue Loctite on them. I still do that, but they end up still backing out. So that is something that you guys, when you get to the track, you need to check. on a, If you're riding three times a week, check it three times a week. They will back out. They will get loose. Your KTM will feel different if those things back out. So make sure you tighten them back up to the torque setting. I've been doing that to spec in the owner's manual. I haven't changed that at all. So make sure you guys keep an eye on your motor mounts as well as your spokes and your sprocket bolts. Although KTM Factory Edition does come with better wheels, the spokes, man, they... I have never had so many spokes get ripped out or loosened up in a course of a 30-minute moto. So make sure you really check on those every moto. Check the spokes. Check the sprocket bolts. Sprocket bolts have been great. They haven't backed out. But spokes, on the other hand, do need constant attention. Going back to the motor mount issue, I know some of you guys are saying, hey, you're having a hard time with the rigidity of this new frame that KTM has had in the past couple years. Chris, have you gone to the FCP mounts or the Works Chassis Lab mounts? I have tried Works Chassis Lab mounts before. I didn't feel the juice was worth the squeeze, although it did help the slap down harshness and a little bit first bump absorption for me. It hurt cornering. It made the cornering a little bit um, more vague, a little bit heavier feel, and I didn't like it as much. So... As you guys go with your factory edition and then the hours move on, I'm telling you guys, wait till about 25 hours. That frame will start to break in and your bike will have a little bit more comfort. I know some of you guys are around 14, 15 hours and you guys, hey man, my stuff is stiff. My chassis feels stiff, but you got to give it a little bit of time. The steel frame takes a little bit more time to break in and feel cozy. It's never going to feel like a 2018 frame ever. You're just going to have a little bit more precision with this the new style frame and the cornering department and maybe a little bit of a firmer feel when you're hitting bumps. You can kind of adjust that with suspension, which we'll talk about. But nonetheless, for me, just to answer your guys' questions out there, the engine mounts aren't 
a huge thing for me. I'm a stock engine mount guy on this bike, so just know that. Rear brake pedal spring. That thing's a pain in the ass. That thing breaks every fucking three rides. So two things here. Uh, Fastco has a really cool piece where it removes the spring totally. Or you can just go get a Honda Sierra F450 rear brake pedal spring. It has a, like a little rubber condom on it, and it never breaks. Just go put a Honda spring on it. You won't have a problem. It won't break, and it's an easy-peasy fix. But until you do that, you'll look down on your rear brake <laughs> pedal, and chances are that thing is missing, that spring is missing. So just know that you can just put a Honda spring on it and be done with it. Now let's talk about the suspension. If you listen to my first impression pod, you will hear me say, I'm going to really try hard to run an air fork all year round. Well, guys, I am going to eat my words right now. I tried. I ran it for up to almost 22 hours, and I bailed out. Why did I bail out? Now, it wasn't like I'm cursing this new AER fork because it is better, it is smoother, it's not as harsh. Plain and simple, guys, it's not really that much of a comfort issue as much as it is a consistency issue for me. I ride a lot. I ride longer motos with my kid. We like to ride a lot when we ride during the day. This fork never feels the same as the day progresses, and that is is a pain in my ass, and I do not like that. So plain and simple, spring fork is the way to go for me. I know some of you out there can deal with the air fork. You don't ride as much, and you doesn't really bother you. You said it doesn't change over time. You don't really feel that. Then by all means, leave it. Look, I am not the end-all, be-all of motorcycling and testing. Of course I'm wrong. My settings aren't the best for 100% of the people. I try hard to get you somewhere comfortable, and I really work hard at that, and I think we do the best at that over here. But that doesn't mean I tell you, hey, I'm going to spring. You should as well. If you feel the same thing as me and you kind of agree with my opinion on why I'm doing it, then yes, by all means, you should because chances are high that you're really going to like what I like. So... Removing the AER forks, putting a set of cone valves on. I'm just going to start with the you know the cone valves. It is expensive, but getting the cone valves forks val- valved for you somewhere that knows WP products is key. Two people that I trust that I have used that I've liked. Um, well, I should say, well, two right now. Race Tech obviously have tried their stuff. I like it. It has a lot of comfort. They know the WP Cone Valve Fork, as well as Mark at REP. You can go look at his stuff on my website as well. He also has linkage systems that we'll talk about that actually work and help the shock. So Cone Valve for me is my number one pick. Obviously, I know it's $3,000. It's expensive. Kiefer, I don't have that much money. What should I do? There are a couple other options. Racetech has a spring conversion kit. That'll help your WPAR fork convert it into a dual spring. There is uh, something that we're testing right now that's called the Coppersmith system, where it's a hybrid system that turns one of your fork legs into a spring fork with an Olin's TTX cartridge. We're working on that. That'll be up on keyforingtesting.com. 
And then I tried Enzo's KYB conversion. That is awesome. That has a lot of comfort. Just don't expect that KYB conversion to feel like a Yamaha SSS fork. You don't have that frame like a Yamaha. It's not going to feel the same. You're going to get comfort. You're going to get lean angle traction. You're going to be able to turn a little bit better than the AER system. But if you're looking for the exact comfort from this Enzo KYB conversion like you are on a Yamaha, it's not going to happen because the frame feels, the frame character feels different when you're riding. Now, which one is the best one, Kiefer, that I like? I like the cone valve fork for me as far as a blend of comfort and performance. Wow. Can't believe I said that. I picked that over the KYB fork. Why did I like that? Because for me, I got a little bit of a slower action feel. I had a lot of performance with the cone valve and with the KYB system, I had a little bit more comfort. But when I started to push, it just moved a lot in the stroke and it felt like it was more lively than I like. I like a more calm, deader feel front to rear on this bike. So unlike Yamaha, when I do actually like a lively feel, for me, the cone valve was much better in that direction as far as me pushing it super hard and getting in the stroke. And then when I'm deep in the stroke, it was calmer and didn't react the bike um, as quickly as the KYB stuff. So that was my direction. Mark over there at REP does really good work. He was Dungy's guy at KTM. He was in-house. He knows this stuff really well. Uh, I like his style of thinking. I've tried some settings lately from him. And he's got some of that dialed. Now, you can go ask Mark for my settings because I've recently just helped him do some stuff. As well as Racetech. You have some uh, a cone valve that you want some of my settings in. You're 170 pounds. Or let's say you're a little bit bigger and not as fast. I think my settings would fit a wide range of riders because I'm not too stiff of a of a front fork guy. I like a lot of feeling in my fork. So... For me, I tried going the AER route, man. I bailed out. I'm going to give the AER fork to one of my test riders that does race occasionally, Weekend Warrior, to see how he reacts to it. I know you guys know how I react to it, but we're going to get his reaction here on an upcoming podcast about suspension that I really feel like you guys will like. And he will be more of the common man. I guess, so to speak, if you're not really believing in me about, oh, you're just ripping off the AER fork because you want some cool spring forks. That's not the case. So I will tell you this. Going to um, an exact pro component shock, a.k.a. the old tracks system, I don't think it's that crucial. I can go to a cone valve fork, run a stock revalve shock, and be happy. But what you will be getting with the pro component rear shock from WP is more dampening feeling and for me something huge it doesn't get as hot as quick as the stock shock does the stock shock does get warm er and fade during a longer moto I get a fade about 20 minute mark when I'm on the track system pro component shock it doesn't fade as quick so for me a little bit more control with the exact shock um, pro component shock versus the stock shock so that is something i stuck with i have that as well as um, rep has done that 
I've created a setting over there, so he has that as well. Again, REP is with AEO suspension. That's what you can look at online. He has a bunch of really well-thought-out valving specs. Uh, he's A lot of guys around these parts are using him, even back east, so he knows a lot about the WP fork. That is what I liked about Racetech as well. So they brought one of the WP tuners in there. They created settings, and now they have good base settings for the consumer that are really comfortable and can last you throughout a moto. Some of these other suspension companies that I've dealt with are not too familiar with WP products, so they're shooting in the dark. So you might get a setting that's not right for you. So going to guys that really know WP is really crucial. I think it's more crucial than a, a KYB show a guy because most of these suspension tuners out there know those two forks that brands better than the WP stuff. So cone valve technology is a little bit different as well as that track system. So just so you guys know, it's not just like, hey, I'm going to take my shit anywhere. No, try to go to someone familiar with the WP line and it's had some time with it. That's one thing that I've really learned over my time with KTM and Husqvarna's and WP products is getting the person to really understand what you're like and how WP products work. It's easy to do. Just find that person. Trust me on this. You'll make your life a lot easier. All right, so that is basically all I've really gone through as far as headaches with this motorcycle. One set of brake pads, rear brake pads, one set, one clutch. I've had one clutch in 50 hours, and people are like, you probably didn't even need that. Well, you're right. I checked it. I didn't need it. I put a new one in, but my clutch was still good. That is unheard of. If you're on a fucking Honda, there's no way. No way you're getting 50 hours on one clutch. You're going to go through four to five clutches in that amount of time. And your lever will feel like dog shit. The lever engagement and pressure on a Honda is a pain in my ass. You can fix it, but it costs money. You're getting this KTM hydraulic clutch. Regardless if you're a hydraulic fan or not, you're getting a long-lasting clutch, and I can appreciate that. I'm a little bit of a clutch abuser. I drag the clutch a little bit when I ride, so it's constantly engaging. So I like the fact that I don't have to have a lot of maintenance on my clutch. I can just ride it. That's simply amazing to me. Look, less maintenance for me, the better. I am a novice-ish mechanic. I can change tires. I can change oil. I can change filters. I don't want to have to diagnose problems, electrical problems, uh, engine problems. I think KTM has come a long way with their durability. It's proved that for me the last couple times I've done these 50-hour podcasts. So far, so good. I haven't even changed a fuel filter. Knock on wood. I know I've told you guys to do that. Have that in your toolbox just in case, but those do at times get clogged and... You need to change those out. So look at that. No electrical issues for me. Starts up fine. Stock battery is good. I do recommend a firepower battery, but stock has been great. What are the mods that I've done to this thing? As well, as much as I liked it stock, it comes with an Akrapovich slip-on, which is pretty good. If you're getting one of these things, I would run the shit out of that until it blows out. After it blows out, 
put yourself in my position. I need a little bit more RPM response. FMF does that for me. I rode with the Kropovich for a, mm, close to 20 hours. And although smooth, easy to ride, linear, uh, I wanted a little bit more. So what did I do? I went out and purchased another full system because what sucks is you can't buy an Akrapovich head pipe to mate to your slip-on. It's a whole different system. They don't mate together, so you got to buy a full system, which is kind of shitty in my opinion. I think that's kind of bogus that you have to buy another full system. You think, oh, Akrapovich, just buy the head pipe to go with the slip-on. Nope. Sorry. I have to spend 1200 bucks on another system. It sucks. But I did it. I got the full system. I got a full FMF system and compared them. If you want a smoother power, longer pulling, linear feel, the Kropovich system is really good. It's quiet, maybe too quiet for me at times, but um, overall good system. But when I put the FMF system on, I got more RPM response. I got more bottom in. I got more pulling power. It just felt, it made the bike feel even lighter for me. The Kropovich didn't make it feel lighter. The FMF system did. So I left that on. And the good news about an FMF system for me, their packing has been stellar lately. The mufflers that I've been putting in motorcycles, these test bikes, have been really good. So I like that FMF muffler. Not only gives me a little bit more horsepower, but also the packing lasts a little bit long too. Um, a little bit long. It lasts a longer time for me, more than the Akrapovich. So I like that system. Both are very beautiful. The Kropovich is made, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. The welds on that thing are insane. The color that it turns is great. But for me, I would go toward the FMF system. It's proven. They test with the KTM R&D team in Austria. They mate that system. You will not have to change uh, your ECU mapping, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, just a great overall system if you want a little bit more juice to make this thing feel a little bit lighter. Thank you for listening to this show. Man, there's a lot to talk about on this show. But we got some commercials to get to. Please listen to them. They're great advertisers. Save some money. You'll get through this. We'll get back to the show in a minute. Please hold. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, flying machine factory, that's what it stands for, go to fmfracing.com, you got a four-stroke, two-stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two-stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four-stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So 
Go to fmfracing.com. Save yourself some money. And, of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dining room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the, the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude fmfracing.com go visit the site it's a cool site go get some merch save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc thank you guys just because you're older guys doesn't mean you should stop racing look I'm 43 years old I love racing I love it so there is a club Old Timers MX more importantly Oregon Old Timers MX there are some races happening that are fun you get long motos and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana. They go to Washington. Even British Columbia. Even Hangtown. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefering Testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys. That's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyon's coming up, Arizona, and Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeeferingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy! Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check the legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, Hoodies, hats, different fabrics, 
all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And, hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And, of course, they have oil, too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arcticat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arcticat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfring testing. It's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Pro Taper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720 212 4685 Plum Creek Funding Zach Morris hit him up We are back thank you so much here we go I called upon Chad for a Vortex ignition we went out did some mapping with this thing again as always if you're a KTM fan you know what I'm going to say probably the the number one modification that I would do to this thing would be a Vortex ignition that's not to say the stock ECU isn't good because the 2020.5 ECU setting is really good. There's actually a difference between map one and map two. You can feel it. I like it. But, man, Chad at XPR really has 
God, he has it dialed in with this Vortex for this KTM. Dude, it's amazing how one part, of course, it's 800 bucks, can really enhance the power and make you ride even better. This ignition makes the whole bike as a whole better. It helps the suspension. It helps the engine. It helps you get in out of corners faster. It can help you be lazier. I can run third gear a little bit better. Chad has this thing mapped beautifully. I've told you, Jamie at Twisted, same thing. These two guys know this Vortex box, and for me, right away, putting that thing on, I had the hugest smile on my face. I have another buddy that has a KTM. I said, I didn't even tell him what was in it because it just had an FMF system on it. You probably just think, oh, it just has an FMF system compared to my slip-on. He rode it. He's like, what the fuck is with this bike? What did you do? Is there an engine in this? I go, nope. It's simply the Vortex Ignition mapped by Chad. It's one of my maps that I helped Chad create. And boom, it wakes this whole bike up. You want some more bottom end, you, you ride in softer conditions, this Vortex is a game changer for me. Six, Chad has T4 maps, pump fuel maps, Pro 6 maps. I tried them all. I'm currently on a Pro 6 map because I can get the fuel. It's hell expensive. You probably, you guys listening, are not going to want to have that fuel. So maybe you want a pump replacement fuel. T4, I like that fuel. Chad has that map. It makes this bite explode out of a corner, yet still keep that KTM linear track, rear-wheel traction feel. I can't, I can't explain it. Usually when you add horsepower to other machines, you get a little uncontrollability. With the KTM, you add this Vortex box, you get more power, but the connection remains the same. That's the beauty about what the Austrians did with this engine. That goes with the 250, the 350, the 450. They all have this character where it's just really linear and smooth, and it never really leaves you. You build the engine, still there. You put a box in there, still there. It never leaves you. You have all of this traction, and it never has an explosive hit that gets you tired. This box just makes this bike pull harder. Look into it if you have some money. Like Literally, out of all of this stuff that I'm talking about, that box is probably the best thing that I've ever come across for a KTM. Now, to talk about the Vortex on other bikes, it doesn't make as much of a difference on other machines like the Yamaha as much as it does on a KTM or Husqvarna. For whatever reason, these bikes, these Austrian bikes, love having this Vortex box on there. So look into it, XPR, call Chad, call Jamie at Twisted, both of these guys are good dudes, they got maps, they know them, and it's really good. If you have any questions, hit me up on my email, I can guide you, super easy, not a problem, just going to have to have money, that's the downside. Uh, again, I talked about fuel, I am on some different fuel, I would recommend, if you can, try to stick with one fuel. If you're going to run pump, always run pump in your bike. If you're going to run T4, try to run T4. A lot of you guys say, hey, can I mix T4 50-50 with Super Unleaded? Yes, you can. You're probably not going to see some of the benefits that you would if you just ran straight. But nonetheless, yes, that is safe. You cannot mix Pro 6 with anything else. So don't even try it. Don't do it. Chances are you're probably not even running that shit because it's super expensive. I like it because it gets me more RPM response. The fuel is really good. So 
If you're looking for a little bit of an advantage, you have a Vortex box and you ask Chad to have one of those fuel trim maps to add to Pro 6, it's a good idea. Race day, you have a little bit more RPM response, throttle uh, recovery, gets you out of that soft shit in a hurry, probably gets you a whole shot. This thing, uh, that KTM pulled me a whole shot at the Vet National last year over Mike Alessi, so that tells you something about this box and what this bike can do, so... Very cool. Um, other mods that I've done, I took that neck and piece of shit handlebar off. It is stiff. It is uh, not friendly to the wrists. I do not like it. I went to a Pro Taper Evo. I currently have a, a bar band. I don't even know if I can tell you guys this, but I'm going to say it. Hopefully I don't get in trouble. But I have a bar band that's not available to the public that I really like. I'm going to really try hard. For Pro Taper to put that in production for 2021, I feel like I like I still like a low bar, but I don't like a lot of sweep. And sometimes when I find a low bar, it has too much sweep for me. I'm six foot. Uh, I like a bar height around 87 to 90 millimeters in height, with mid 40s to high 40s millimeters in sweep. A lot of these bars are 56, 54 millimeters in sweep, and it can feel a little bit weird when you're sitting on the bike. Maybe like you have a little bit of swoop and you don't like that. The bar that I'm on now that I like, that some of these Supercross guys are using as well, are using this. So I asked Pro Taper this not too long ago. Why aren't we putting this in production? It's a really good band, and I think it would sell. So hopefully I'm going to push that along and get this sucker moving and uh, release that information out to you guys as well. But nonetheless, the Evo bar flexes. It'll cut down on the vibration. And that leads me into something that I actually forgot to tell you guys about is vibration on this bike. That is a negative for me. When I go back and forth onto other machines, this thing does vibrate. Some of that vibration could be your engine mounts backing out. So if you do feel more vibration than normal, through the bars, through the pegs, look into tightening up your engine mounts. They could be starting to back out. I did notice more vibration. I noticed that my engine mounts were backing out a little bit. So tighten those suckers up. Do it up. It's easy to do. Torque them, and it might help the vibration. But at around 50 hours, I noticed that I get a lot of vibration through the bars and pegs, more so than an aluminum bike. I have 90 hours or so on my YZ450F and have not near the vibration as I do on the KTM. I'm sure that has something to do with steel frames versus aluminum. But nonetheless, even when it's new, you won't notice a hell of a lot more vibration compared to aluminum frame. But as the lifespan moves on, you will start to notice more vibration. Straight up, if I had 90 hours on my KTM versus 90 hours on my Yamaha, my Yamaha feels a lot newer than a KTM. As the time goes on, as the years pass for the KTM, you will notice that it will feel more what I like to call roached out versus a Yamaha. So that doesn't mean it's a piece of shit. It just feels a little bit looser. So checking your bolts, keeping the fresh grease in the bearings, that will all help your KTM. You just have to be very efficient on some of your maintenance as it gets older. Again, have I done any of that at 50 hours? No. Have I had any problems? No. But I do notice vibration is up. So just pay attention to that. Pay attention to your bolts. And that 
will help that sucker along. Uh, just put up a review on a pro circuit throttle tube. Some of you guys out there, oh, Keith, man, what about the ZRT throttle? Look, chill out. Chill down. I'm going to test it. I have it. I'm going to do it. We're going to try an off-road bike with it. I know a lot of you New Englanders and you uh, you mass holes out there love this throttle. I get it. Jerry Bernardo, one of my close friends, he recommended me this throttle. So I reached out, and we have one. We're testing it. From my experience, though, I've never been a huge aluminum throttle type of guy. I've been a plastic tube guy. Why? One feeling in my palm. I like the ODI throttle tube that comes stock. It feels small. Uh, my hands are a size large. I got fairly big hands, and it feels nice in my palm. Also, two, uh, less vibration as well as more damping in a plastic tube versus aluminum. So never really fond of, of an aluminum tube until I tried Pro Circuits aluminum throttle tube. Why Pro Circuits? I stumbled across this. Put my hand on one of the bikes at, at Husqvarna factory, and I'm like, holy shit, this, this grip feels nice. After I inspected it a little bit, it was more than just the grip. It was actually a throttle tube. It felt smaller. It was aluminum. I'm freaking out. I went through a lot of aluminum tubes that felt um, fat. I didn't like fat throttle tubes in my hand. It makes my arms pump up. If you guys are having arm pump problems, look into your throttle tube. Look into your grip size, okay? If it's fat, it's going to open up your palm. There's going to be more material on your palm, which could cause it to pump up more. So for me, and this is my point of view, a little bit less, a little bit of a skinnier throttle tube feels better in my hand. As I'm talking to you, I'm twisting my hand, my right hand, as I'm talking to you. But it was a smaller feel for an aluminum throttle tube. I felt a lot of aluminum tubes, and they feel fat. That was one downside. So I stuck that on the KTM. Super smooth action. Sometimes aluminum throttle tubes have friction. They got a little bit of that, and it doesn't feel as easy to pull as plastic does. Whatever reason, I know some of you guys out there, no way, plastic has more friction. That's fine. No, the Pro Circuit throttle tube doesn't have a sealed bearing on it. It's just an aluminum tube, and it's buttery feeling for me. I like it. It's not that loose or buttery where I'm getting whiskey throttle, but it has a nice pull to it. It has a small feel. Yes, it's a little bit stiffer, but I like that aluminum throttle tube also because in case I crash, I'm not going to break that son of a bitch. So look into it. Pro Circuit, not really known for the throttle tubes. I know, but they have them. Whoever makes them, I don't, maybe someone, their competition makes them. I have no idea. I just know Pro Circuit throttle tube. I liked it. I put it on. So if you want to get rid of your lock-on grips, nothing wrong with them. I just wanted regular grips. I like normal grips. The ODI soft grips are awesome. I love them, but they wear out quick, and they just, for me, don't have as much cushion as a normal grip. Uh, Pro Taper will not like this. I'm a huge advocate of Renthal Half Waffle Soft. I'm old school. I like that grip. That's sometimes um, I'll run that on a Pro Taper bar. And I'll run Pro Taper third waffle grips. So again, Pro Taper third waffle grips. If you want a little bit skinnier feel, they have some soft ones. But I really like Renthal half waffle soft grips. I told you about the FMF system. You guys can check out that system over at fmfracing.com. It's still good. The Vortex has been great. REP suspension. 
That is basically all I've done to this bike. I have suspension on here. I have an ignition, and I run fuel and a pipe. For me, I can go race this bike, which I might. I don't talk about this much on the show because I don't want to announce it on Pulp. But I'm still planning on racing a couple nationals. It was really up to a Yamaha or a KTM. Honestly, I didn't gel with the Honda last year. It was way too fast. Great bike, but for me, it just never fit my style. And uh, so I'm really looking hard on getting a KTM Factory Edition to race nationals. And that's all I'm going to do with it. What you guys hear on this podcast is what I would do. And that's all I would do. I had a built, twisted uh, KTM at the Vet National. And although that was bitching, I loved it. I just don't have the money or the time to get my engine done or the upkeep. So keeping the engine stock, KTM has great cranks, Pankle. Rods, those are superb parts in the in the KTM. I'm just going to run it how it is with ignition and fuel and be happy because for me, I can ride the bike hard for a long period of time. It doesn't wear me out. The Yamaha is also great as well. It's tough. It's a tough decision for me. My poor wife, I swear to God, I, I don't know why I'm still married, but I go back and forth. What are you going to race? Well, I'm going to ride the KTM. Two weeks later, well... I'm going to ride that Yamaha. She's like, what the fuck are you riding? She's like, make up your mind. So what I'm going to do, I decided I'm going to do a little shootout for myself. I'm going to ride the KTM the way I would race it, and then I'm going to ride the Yamaha the way I would race it and see what I like, see what I'm comfortable on. I'm going to do back-to-back motos. I'm going to take the lap times, but I'm also going to have a couple key people watch me ride that I trust that can give me some outside perspective on what they think I ride better. Straight up, I'm getting older. I need all the help I can get, right, to qualify to get in and do this thing. I know I can. I think I'm good enough. But I like to have outside perspective on on how I ride a dirt bike. It really helps me. I think about it when I ride, and it actually gets me to be a better rider. So I want to have the best chance when I go to these nationals and as of right now, those two bikes are the most fun and easy for me to ride, straight up. KTM has been great. I love it. And for me, if I if you would ask me, Kiefer, <laughs> what do you have more fun on, the blue bike or the orange bike? For me, the orange bike. I can move around on the track more. With the suspension that Mark did at REP, I can actually charge hard later in the afternoon sessions when the bumps are bigger. Usually that's not the case for me on a KTM. Usually the Yamaha gets better during the day. The KTM gets worse. Well, lately, the KTM has gotten better near the end of the day, and the Yamaha hasn't been feeling as good. So we're really going to quarterback and diagnose this sucker. We're really going to jump into the brain, all right? We're going <laughs> to do a little shootout. I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to bring both bikes. I'm going to ride some deeper conditions. There's some farm tracks that I'm going to. I'm going to break this sucker down. I feel like you guys would be interested in this because as techie as I am, I'm going to break both of these bikes down and what they do good and what they don't do good. Back to back. We've done this kind of thing in a shootout, but for me to actually give you my two cents for racing could be interesting. So that is something that we're going to be doing here pretty soon. But as of right now, we're taking this KTM to Colorado. Probably end up having close to over 60 hours on this thing when I bring it back to the guys at KTM. I am sorry. But we're going to ride the shit out of this thing because it's a great bike. The thing that I love the most 
if you had to say, Kiefer, what the fuck is the best thing about this bike? The KTM 450 SXF. The weight. I know some other test riders feel like it doesn't feel light. Well, now with the 2020.5, and this is with the stock ECU, you can actually feel like the bike is 10 to 12 pounds lighter than any other machine. ECUs actually can make or break the feeling, the weight feeling of a motorcycle. KTM did a good job of getting a better ECU setting in order to make this bike actually feel like it does on paper. On paper, it's telling you 12 to 15 pounds lighter than a Honda, you know, and a Yamaha. And sometimes you're like, well, I don't feel that when I ride. That's ECU. So now with the standard ECU that they've created in 2020.5, it's better. And then it's even better, much better, when you put a Vortex box on it and map it, then it feels even lighter. It feels like a 250F. So there's reasons why people are going over to KTM. KTM is doing it right. They're advancing their technology. It might sound like I'm sucking their dick right now, but honestly, I can appreciate when I see R&D at work, and it's working, all right? I've been a part of R&D processes. When I think this is really good, KTM advances it, gets better, and they keep doing that. So hopefully, KTM does keep doing that, and it helps the other brands advance as well. So we all keep getting better motorcycles. So we have KTM to directly thank for that, and there's going to be a couple new bikes in 21, guys, so... KTM is going to have some competition and shootouts. I know Yamaha and KTM have been taking it the last two or three years. But with, uh, I would assume, I think Honda coming out with a new bike, right? That might be uh, nipping at the tail of the blue and the orange bike. So that's going to be interesting to really uh, diagnose that here around September time and uh, compare all the bikes. So looking forward to that. All right, so that's basically a wrap-up of the 50-hour mark on my KTM. I put some cool graphics on it. You guys can go check out my site, keferinktesting.com, or my Instagram, at keferinktesting, or at kkiefer120. Man, Briar at 180 Graphics does a badass job. He's very artsy. He's one of Alex Martin's good friends, but I really like 180 Graphics a lot. I've had used some uh, other graphic companies in the past, and for some reason, the art that he does, I like a solid-colored motorcycle. Man, the orange and blue that he uh, really did up for me, it really matched the seat concept seat as well as the standard uh, factory edition seat. But it looks bitching. I like that. Uh, another guy that I like a lot is Era Moto Co. Uh, that, those guys over there, they're creative. I don't like numbers on my bike. If I'm not racing, I'm not putting numbers on my bike. But Era has these cool die-cut numbers. They're really small that you can slap on. They're clean. They're light. They don't take up the whole side shroud. So uh, for me, that's key. Another little piece that I added to this factory edition was the Cherubis frame guards. If you guys know the factory edition comes with those standard frame guards, they're all right. They don't last very long. They'll rub a hole, and they don't really grip your boot very good. So going to the Cherubis frame guards, they have a little bit of grip on the outside, and for me, I can pinch my feet against the frame better with the Cherubi. So um, you guys can hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. I can hopefully get you in contact with the guys over at Cherubi's. Even though they don't even sponsor this podcast, they have great products. I like those guys. Man, Talon Volan, he works for Cherubi's for a long time. He actually helped me in Supercross. 
I wore a Cherubis gear. I pitted out of the rig. He's a good dude. His kid is absolutely ripping. He's an Orange Brigade rider. But a Cherubis is really good stuff. They're plastic. I put that on. It matches. The color is good. It doesn't look... And you guys could tell me this, too. I don't know if you had experience with this, but you can email me if you have. When you put an aftermarket front fender on a KTM on some other models, not a Cherubis, other companies, it looks like you have a boner. It looks like the orange fender is up higher. It's gross. I put the Cherubis front fender on this thing. It looks exactly like OEM. I am a huge OEM plastic dude. A Cherubis did a great job with the KTM plastic. So I am using a Cherubis plastic. I'm usually an OEM guy, but thanks to the guys at Cherubis for getting it right and doing it up. And last but not least, you can check out REP for shock linkages. I am just on Mark's knuckle, and what that does is helps me cut across bumps without getting that harsh, rigid feel. At times, if you guys are familiar with your KTM, if you guys are hitting some square edge, sometimes that rear of the bike can feel harsh. Simply just going to Mark's knuckle helps keep the rear end up a little bit higher and alleviates some of that rigid feeling when you're cutting across bumps or going down rough hills. It kind of helps that rear end settle a little bit better. So I don't like the low rear feeling that the KTM stock KTM has. You go buy your factory edition. To me, it feels a little bit low. I'm at 103 millimeters of sag. It still feels low. I don't want to put pull rods on this thing along with Mark's knuckle. If I was going to the right engineering, knuckle and rods, it doesn't feel as low. But for whatever reason, Mark's system works better for me with just the knuckle and stock rods. So he's developed a knuckle that helps keep your rear end up a little bit. If you guys are familiar, your high-speed dampening is kind of empty. Empty. When you land off a jump, that rear shock is kind of it blows through, or you hit a G out, it kind of blows through. You turn the high speed in a little bit to kind of help that, and then it just ends up feeling like shit out of corners. You don't have as much rear wheel traction. So going to Mark's knuckle along with the stock rods, you can go back a little bit on your high speed. You can soften the compression up a little bit, and I like that supple feel. So that's another piece that I added that was really key on making this bike feel good. As well as Works Connection, you know, I'm a big fan of Eric and the guys over there. They don't sponsor this podcast either, but their chain blocks. It gets rid of that fixed system that the stock one uh, axle has. Uh, you can turn, you can get that left side out. You can put some standard blocks in and let that rear axle float a little bit better, get you some more real, real traction. Yes, it works. You may think it's bullshit. It's not. It works. Good shit. This podcast only tells you the truth. I ain't getting paid enough to lie to you guys. So this is all straight up stuff. Even if it's minuscule, you know, if I tell you I'm two millimeters, it means I actually feel it and it, it helps or it hurts. But just because you guys think it's very small doesn't mean it doesn't help. So look into Works Connection Elite Axle Blocks. They're not that expensive. They do help rear-wheel traction. So little things here and there on this KTM. But, man, not a lot of work done, dude. Honestly, straight up. I'm having a great time on this thing. You may or may not see a post about me buying one of these suckers here pretty soon. So uh, we'll see. We're going to diagnose this sucker in Colorado. And compare it to the Yamaha. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. 
you guys have any questions, dirt bikes, relationships, whatever, Coffee with the Kiefers is coming up again. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. That's the plot. That's the spot to kind of answer most of your questions. I say kinda because some of you guys, uh, it, it's amazing. Some I get some emails. Kiefer, what's the sag on this? You know what? Fuck you. I ain't answering your ass if you're you're just like demanding. Look, I'm here to help you, but treat others like you want to be treated. That's all I'm saying. I will do a lot for you if. You're just a normal dude. Please, thank you. How's it going? Hey, man, how's your day? Very rarely will you get an email back from me that I'm an asshole. This business is here to help you guys, but, man, I am a human being. I am not a robot. You know, So just know if you don't get an email back from me, either A, I didn't get it, or B, you're a dickhead, straight up. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, but if you want some questions answered, there's no other media outlet going to answer your questions about your bike or what you should do. I'm here to help you guys. It's rewarding for me. I like to see you guys smile. I like to see you have a good time. I want you to enjoy your dirt bikes because shit, I love dirt bikes. It's a huge part of my life. It's, it's a, I would say besides my family, that's it. That's what I got. I'm a pretty boring dude. So no other media outlet out there is trying to get you guys dialed in as much as we are here. It's not just me. I have Michael Allen. You know, I got a couple guys here that are really dedicated to Kiefering testing. Dallas Dunn does great photography for me. Kenny Day, he works for Alpine Stars, but man, that dude works hard for me. There's a lot of quality people around here. You can email me, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I will try to do my best to answer it. And if I don't know the answer to your question, I'll simply say, I don't know. I'm not here to make up shit. So, uh, I appreciate you guys trusting in this podcast, trusting in KieferInkTesting.com, and watching this sucker evolve. Please, if you can, help the advertisers that support this show. They're quality companies, good people. They wouldn't be on this thing if they weren't, trust me. Just had a conversation this morning with an advertiser of why they can't come on the show. And it's an awkward conversation, but I just said, hey, I don't believe in your product like, uh, like I should, and I don't want to take money from things I don't believe in. So if you're on this show, you got a good product. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for listening and sharing with everyone um, everything that we offer here at KieferRingTesting.com. I know it's a, it's a pain in the ass to listen to me say this a lot, and I know I repeat myself a few times, but just really want to reiterate how much I am grateful for you guys out there trusting in us and spreading the word and uh, meeting you guys at the track. That's what it's all about. You guys see me. You see me and my kid. Come over and say hi. Let's bullshit about dirt bikes. If my kid's a dickhead to you on the track, let me know. We'll uh, we'll we'll straighten it out together because sometimes my kid thinks he's too cool on the track. He's getting a little bit fast, and he doesn't have respect. So we'll handle that as well. So <laughs> we're an open book over here at the Kiefer's. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. We'll see you in two weeks. I'll bring my remote pod stuff with me. If there's something interesting out in Colorado, we'll get a pod up. If it's an emergency, like we do this KTM Yamaha thing, and I'm like, holy shit, I got to do, I gotta talk about it, we'll do an emergency pod. It'll be remote. may not sound as good as this, but nonetheless, we'll get it out to you guys. Hope to see you guys riding. Hope you guys are safe. You're not sick. Supercross starts this weekend. Hail to the yeah. I'm excited. Let's go. I'm calling Tomac for the 450 championship. Not shocking. Gosh, really not shocking. So... 
I'm glad America's starting to get back to normal. We got some off-road racing starting again out in West Coast. Works racing, Supercross, going to be a good time. I'll see you Coloradians this weekend. I'll be out there for two weeks. I'll see you uh, IMI. I'll be out there. Um, we will be at Thunder Valley. Hopefully Milliken will be open. We'll be in Leadville. We're going to be all over the place riding. Going to be a couple private tracks. Go to Brush. Oh, it's going to be a good time. We'll see you in two weeks. Later, y'all.